Today's episode is going to be a little different. You will hear the audiobook version of chapter one of my book, Give It a Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendships. And why am I sharing this now? Well, I want to encourage you. While we're in quarantine, we're figuring out all the ways we want to improve ourselves for when we reemerge. But have we put that kind of thought into how we'll show up better in our female friendships? I have many of you who have begun ordering the book during this time because you want to be intentional about creating, maintaining, and navigating the complicated but beautiful space that is female friendship and don't really know where to start. And the book could be a good place. So I am going to share with you chapter one. And if you want more, then you can buy the book on Amazon. Let's get into it. You're tuned in to Give It a Rest, the podcast, where we're giving tough love truths for the sisterhood. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, certified friendship expert and author of the book, Give It a Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendships. And when it comes to misunderstandings and complications within our female friendships, I am here to help you through it. began writing this book at 2.30 a.m. on a chilly morning in January 2019. It all started because a close friend said something to me that literally kept me up all night, her comments replaying in my mind as I tossed and turned in bed next to my very patient husband. What began as a stream of conscious journal entry to purge racing thoughts quickly became an eight-month-long obsession. I've spent the last 10 years of my life speaking with women about honesty, communication, and friendship. I did it as a college student, a high school teacher, a publicist, and most recently, as a woman's coach. In every capacity of my history, I found myself having conversations with other women about the nuances of female friendship. And from those talks, I've come to one undeniable conclusion. There's just so much we aren't saying to each other. During this time, I never thought I'd write a book. I took each conversation for what it was, enjoying the insight I gathered from every woman who shared her story with me. But I noticed certain themes emerging, and there were unspoken fears I kept hearing which eventually compelled me to give voice to my observations. I found the level of duality in female friendship to be completely bizarre. There's what we say and do, and then there's what we really want to say and do. And this is not as one might carelessly conclude because we're fake or calculating. Instead, I found that there's a whole host of powerful and invisible factors that influence the way we interact with each other. And the only way we're going to conquer our anxieties, challenge the culture, and speak up for ourselves is to finally have the conversation. Perhaps another reason I was driven to write Give It a Rest is because I used to be a mean girl. You know the type. But age and life experience have matured and softened me. Dealing with 18-year-olds as a teacher really opened my eyes to the power of compassion. Running my own business has shown me the importance of diplomacy. And becoming a mother has created in me a great tenderness. And it's all worked to change my perspective on toughness. But as I've grown out of my old ways, there's one belief I still hold tight. The idea of tough love, especially in friendship. 
One thing I always notice among nice girls, quote unquote, is the superficiality in some of their friendships as they cower from saying what they really mean. While I've made several mistakes as a friend, I realize that giving and receiving tough love from other women is the way to experience real freedom and depth in our friendships. And while I advocate for speaking up, I also learn that telling it like it is becomes ineffective and even harmful if it's not delivered with grace. I've discovered the way to say what you mean with both boldness and compassion, and I think what I found just might help us save our friendships. In a culture pushing us to be nice, and in a time when the opportunity for meaningful connection seems more distant than ever before, there are a myriad of reasons why we're playing it safe in our relationships with other women. But I would like to make a case against that. Here are some thoughts you'll likely have while reading this book. One, girl, yes, preach. Two, huh, I disagree with that. Three, well, that's offensive. Four, hmm, I never considered that. Five, I've heard this before. Six, well, that's dumb. I can't apply that. And seven, this is brilliant. I can't wait to apply that. And let's be real. As long as your responses to the book aren't only numbers two, five, and six, I'm cool with that. Your insecurities about speaking truthfully, your misconceptions and stereotypes about female friendship, your doubts about showing up, give it a rest. And let's get to the heart of the matter. As you read, whip out your highlighter, mark up the pages, because I want you to really make this book your own, annotating the lines that speak to you and placing question marks in the areas where you disagree with what you've read. And for those of you reading this book with friends, you'll find discussion questions in the back. Feel free to answer them as you read or save them until the end. Either way, grab a glass of your favorite wine, a ballpoint pen, and get your best friend on the phone. Then turn the page and join me as we explore ways to experience more realness in our friendships with a little thing called tough love. Even I have to admit, it was a pitiful scene. Kneeling in a dark closet and clutching my phone to my ear, I heaved as salty tears trickled down my ashy cheeks. Snot-filled sobs grew louder and wilder by the second as I cried into the darkness. I mean, I just don't get it. I did everything. I supported the whole photography thing, you know. I went to his shows and we took that trip to Miami, remember? I just don't... Why does he keep lying to me? It's like I'm not enough. I was bellowing and rocking back and forth. It was not a good look. My friend Erica listened on the other end. She stammered through my blubbering, searching for the words to console me. Danny... I don't know what to say. I'm I'm so sorry. He's a jerk. It's all going to work out. I don't know how, but it's all going to work out. Had it been the first time I was calling Erica with this problem, her response would have been reasonable enough. Your friend calls you crying about something awful her boyfriend did. You tell her he's a loser and that things will be okay. That's friendship 101. But it wasn't the first time. I'd made this call to Erica several times before. You see, it was 2007, and I had just uncovered, for the hundredth time, another one of my boyfriend's deceptions. It was also the hundredth time that I'd cried to friends about it, wondering what I'd done or failed to do for him to keep lying. 
For some reason, my anger and disappointment was never targeted at him, but directed inward toward myself. I lamented my inability to be enough to keep him honest. It was ridiculous. I know that now. But man, when you are in the thick of your mess, it is near impossible to think clearly. What I needed to hear was that I was contributing to my own mistreatment. What I needed to hear was that despite my strength, I was choosing to be weak. What I needed to hear was that my desperation for male companionship had made me a freaking hot mess. But that reality check never came. A few years after college graduation, friends admitted to me that they thought I was being weak and passive during those years and that my complaining about my boyfriend and all of our conversations had made me difficult to be around. When I was with my boyfriend, I ditched them to spend time with him. And when we broke up, I unintentionally hijacked conversations with my friends, finding ways to somehow connect it back to my ex. They never told me at the time because they didn't want to piss me off. They didn't want to lose me as a friend. They didn't want to offend me. But that's not what I needed. I needed them to keep it real, to tell me to get up from the floor and wipe my face. I needed them to tell me that his defects were completely unrelated to what I had to offer as a woman. I needed to be reminded of my worth and to hear that my desperation had so intensely warped my mind that I was sacrificing logic and dignity for the approval of a man. This doesn't absolve me from the personal responsibility I needed to take to get myself together. But ultimately, I needed a dose of tough love to be told that my obsession had become toxic and my whining unbearable. Here's the problem. Whether it's telling our friends that we feel used, invisible, or misunderstood, there are truths that we withhold. And if everyone's doing it, that means we're not experiencing the depth and authenticity in our friendships that we're looking for. My college friends, despite the vulnerability that we shared and the encouragement that we gave each other, were missing other elements in our friendship that would have allowed us to experience more fulfillment, not only in our relationship with each other, but in our individual lives. We're so hungry to be our full selves in our friendships, share our feelings, voice our concerns, hold each other accountable, and operate freely with mutual transparency and respect. But how do we keep it real with our friends in every way without risking the friendship itself? How do we tell it like it is without being labeled rude? How do we communicate our boundaries without being dismissed as oversensitive or prudish? I've been searching for that answer for years. For 10 years, I've observed women in nearly every capacity. I spent almost seven years as a high school teacher, and during that time, I watched 18-year-old girls struggle with the complexities of friendship. The tension was obvious when I watched them anxiously walk the hallways, congregating in the cafeteria, and confessing secret insecurities and hushed whispers when we were alone after class was dismissed. I've listened to the women who gather for book club meetings. Having participated in several over the years, I'm no longer surprised when the conversation shifts from discussing a novel's plot point to comparing the protagonist's struggles with their own. After a few glasses of wine, women begin to share the pain they've endured at the hands of another woman. As a publicist, I've marveled at the way a one-on-one -on -one interview prep with the client can suddenly turn into a coaching session as she admits her lack of confidence traces back to something hurtful a friend said years ago or how she can't focus on the company crisis at hand because she's dealing with personal conflicts with her female co-founder. I always try to remain professional, but I find that 
because of our strong and feminine hearts, we often blur the lines between work life and personal life, no matter how we try to separate the two. They are so inextricably linked sometimes. And as a woman's coach, I've grown more attuned to women's complaints about the changing dynamics in their friend groups, unspoken frustrations with the women closest to them, general feelings of isolation and misunderstanding. In each of these situations, as the teacher, the friend, the publicist, the coach, I end the conversation by asking the woman I'm speaking with if she shared her heart troubles with the friend she's talking about. And she always answers in one of three ways. One, no, I can't. Two, I want to, but I don't even know how I'd start. Three, yeah, but it didn't go well. Regardless of these women's beliefs, ages, professions, and backgrounds, they shared the same struggle, trying to navigate the uniquely complex nuances of female friendship. These were women who had experienced rejection, frustration, and confusion in dealing with their friends. But when it came to expressing their issues directly with the ladies in their lives, they either refused to address them, felt completely unequipped to have the conversation, or were totally wrong in their approach to the conflict. When many of us address tension within our friendships, we're either way too passive and avoidant, or we engage with a strength so fierce that it just makes things worse. So how do we find the balance? Based on our respective past experiences, we may have different ideas of what tough love looks like. When you hear someone mention tough love, what do you think of? Do you picture the girl who's loudly telling it like it is, without regard for others' feelings? Is she dropping truth bombs on people without remorse, and when called out about it, responds with something like, hey, I'm just being honest? You're not alone in associating the phrase with this image, but it's a distorted version of what tough love is supposed to be. This definition doesn't account for the level of compassion required to share hard truths with the friend. It doesn't leave room for the vulnerability required of both women sitting at the table. It doesn't consider the emotions and consequences of sensitive but rewarding conversations. Instead of conjuring an image of the quintessential mean girl, Picture the friend who is unafraid to lay a gentle but firm hand on your shoulder when things get rough, whispering, girl, you can do better. We can do better. This is a more accurate portrayal of what tough love looks like and how it feels. It is inviting and understanding, but it is honest and direct. Tough love friendship chooses to do hard, uncomfortable things because it values the woman more than the friendship. It says, I love you so much. I'm willing to risk our friendship for the sake of your well-being. Whether she pushes you away or questions your loyalty, you stand courageously, willing to demand that she be the best version of herself and that you are granted the freedom to do the same. And that can't happen if women are keeping their true feelings inside. In a friendship, tough love looks like Refusing to enable a friend by giving in to her self-destructive habits, such as suggesting a shopping trip if you know she doesn't spend money wisely, taking her to bars even though you know she'll binge drink again and regret it the next day. It looks like sharing a hard truth. Her habit of canceling last minute is a pain. Her boss is taking advantage of her kindness and work ethic. Tough love kindly and courageously confronts the things other friends are too nervous to say. Tough love refuses to polite laugh when she makes racist jokes, self-deprecating comments about her appearance, intelligence, or abilities, or when she speaks ill of other women. Tough love reminds her of her worth 
even though it may be difficult for her to accept praise and affirmation. Tough love boldly communicates your needs, desires, boundaries, and expectations. We need to find a way to boldly address the issues in our friendships, and we need to do it with directness, urgency, and compassion. As I watched this theme emerge over the past decade, I went searching for resources to understand, one, why it's so difficult to say what we really want to say to our friends. Two, the cultural pressures that influence our aversion to hard truths. Three, what are the qualities, attitudes, and behaviors that help us to deepen our relationships with other women? Four, how our independent and collective well-being is directly affected by a willingness to be vulnerable in our relationships with other women. And guess what? I couldn't find many resources for any of these things. So after questioning other women, I learned that the topic of unspoken conflict in female friendships is largely unexplored. Now, technology makes it harder. The definition of friend has expanded to include our coworkers, customers, classmates, and neighbors. With the prevalence of social media and one-click friending, we now consider active Instagram followers whom we've never met to be our friends. And while Instagram, Twitter, Facebook have made it possible to interact with women across the world, it's done little to help us form meaningful relationships with the capacity to withstand hardship, trials, inconveniences. And it's all the more reason we're out of practice when it comes to having hard conversations. We have tons of friendships that don't require this difficult work. Technology has also affected our willingness to show each other tough love. We have grown accustomed to tolerating what makes us uncomfortable in our friendship, and we do it to maintain an appearance of harmony so long as we still look like friends online. Uploaded pictures of us arm in arm as hashtag friendship goals dances along the caption line. While our conditioned politeness and chronic avoidance may keep our follower count high, it does little for creating edifying friendships that challenge and fulfill us. And isn't that one of the most fundamental goals of any friendship? A truly deep relationship with another woman will bring with it inconveniences and messy complications. It's uncomfortable because we share ourselves, and in sharing ourselves, we invite someone to come along on the journey with us. But she joins us as more than a spectator some passive passenger. No, she's an active participant in the process as we figure things out. She helps us to get on the right track and that kind of support and accountability only comes with tough love and a willingness to tell the truth. Why we need tough love friendships. While this kind of friendship helps others to be their best selves, it also helps the woman choosing to give tough love. Too often, we passively accept conditions and situations that materialize in our friendships, despite the fact that they make us uncomfortable. And there are so many reasons we choose to keep our discomfort to ourselves, but no matter the reason, it's a habit we've got to break. We suffer when we try to contain our frustrations and concerns, but in an effort to keep the peace, hold it in anyway. The irony here is this. While we are theoretically more comfortable with the people we call friends, it's sometimes more difficult to address the hard stuff with them than people we don't know. Perhaps it's because there's more at stake. Perhaps it's because after we share our truths, we have to see them again the next day. It's complicated, and it can threaten to disrupt the ecosystem of our relationship. So instead, we choose to run away, both physically and emotionally. 
But what if there was a greater kind of self-assurance, intimacy, and understanding on the other side of tough love, keep it real conversations? So much of what's holding us back in our lives is our refusal to communicate with the people around us. Despite our closeness, we're afraid to communicate our true desires, our needs, and our boundaries. In an effort to not rock the boat or avoid confrontation, we withhold these truths, but we are in turn being held hostage by our fears. If we don't find the courage to tell the people in our lives what we will and won't tolerate, we become complicit in our own misery. Tough love means being strong for yourself, for your friends, and for your friendships. And whether that means voicing new boundaries or helping to keep her accountable, it does require a level of courage and compassion that can deepen the intimacy, connection, health, and overall realness in your female friendship. Politeness may keep the peace for a time. Avoidance may delay discomfort. But confronting our friends with what's challenging is a high calling, one that is required of all those in search of more meaningful friendships. Now let me make this clear. It doesn't matter what your personality is. Tough love is for you. So often women will dismiss confrontation as something that's just not in their personality. But doing the hard things is a requirement of us all. You may be an easygoing bohemian wildflower, but inviting a friend to a difficult conversation is not a behavior contradictory to that personality type. In fact, for a more authentic conversation, your personality should be a part of your approach. If you're an extroverted type A, there is room for your personality and style as well. Delivering tough love truth-telling is something that only works if you're yourself, but while acting with certain considerations in mind. Simply put, you shouldn't have to reach for a persona to do something difficult. In the following chapters, you'll learn frameworks and guidelines to make it less difficult. There won't be any line-by-line scripts, though, because a genuine tough love conversation is designed according to your unique strengths, needs, and personality. And you must show up to do it as yourself, not as a woman who's memorized her lines. Wearing a mask or pretending to be someone else to get you through a tough task can be a helpful tactic, but, but I'd like to think that showing up as yourself really develops a boldness, a confidence inside of you, and the experience itself is that much more rewarding. If you're the passive type, please know that you have the courage to confront hard things boldly. If you're the aggressive type, please know that you have the patience and capacity to confront hard things gently. There are several reasons why we aren't having the conversation about being a tough love friend, which requires doing hard things for the sake of the friendship. I'll explore some of those reasons in the upcoming chapters, and I hope it will shed some light on why we do what we do, and more importantly, how we can change the trajectory of our friendships with tough love. But for now, just know that you are in the right place if you are A, relatively passive, trying to gather the courage to have tough conversations. If you are B, often told that you can be a bit harsh and you want to be a tough love friend in the right way. If you are C, looking for a friendship model to help you determine what's missing in your relationships with other women. If you are D, a woman who wants to understand how to communicate better with the women in her life. And E, if you're as curious as I am about the unspoken things that make women's friendships so special. So if the ultimate goal is to better our friends, our friendships, and ourselves, we've got to get it right. There's too much love at stake. Intimacy, strength, and joy are on the other side of hard things. So we'd better get to work.
today's episode was helpful for you, I'd love for you to come tell me about it over on the Facebook group called the Give It a Rest Podcast After Party. You can also hear me run my mouth and give other unsolicited advice regarding your friendships on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson, formerly at Girl Give It a Rest. So now I have switched my handle and would love to see you over there. And as always, you can listen to more episodes and read some of our research-based articles over at giveitarestmovement.com. I can't wait to see you over there. Thank you.